Father, I want to thank you that on this Christmas we've gathered to celebrate Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts to authentically worship the, the Savior. And Lord, thank you that in his blood he's rescued us. And Lord, we know we're not the only church. We're not the faithful few who've gathered. Lord, we are, we're part of a body that is larger than just these four walls of this campus. And right now, our brothers and sisters are gathered in buildings all over this community, and our brothers and sisters are scattered um, around the country, literally, some around the world. Just her good news of a family that's in Germany celebrating, they're part of our body. And, and Lord, on this, on this Christmas celebration, Lord, I pray for all of your people to prepare room for Christ and glorify Jesus as we celebrate him today. May this be the Lord's day. May this be the celebration of Christ. Lord, I pray that in our time of study that your word would be clear to us and that we would be satisfied in Jesus. Lord, we love you. We ask your blessing over this and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, amen. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do, turn to 1 John 4. We're going to look at one verse of scripture from 1 John 4. And as you turn there, I hope that you've already had a good Christmas morning. How many of you had a great Christmas morning so far already? How many of you, go ahead, you put your hands down. How many of you guys have already done the, the some form, whether it's yesterday or today, of a gift exchange? How many of you guys have done that? I hope that went well. I really do. Because I know sometimes that can be a bit of a mixed bag, you know? Uh, sometimes you guys get the gift that you're really working hard to cover up your disappointment. You ever had that one? The one where you go back into the gift to see if there's something else. You go deeper into the gift bag. Is there a gift card in here? You know, that terribly knitted sweater where one arm's longer than the other. Hold it up and you're, you're trying to mask your disappointment. It reminds me of, of, uh, of sweatpant Christmas. Now, you guys don't know sweatpant Christmas. That's a green family thing. One year, my older brother, Travis, got almost nothing. He was about 12 years old. Got almost nothing but sweatpants. Um, it was awesome. It was great for me, from my vantage point, um, to see him gift after gift after gift open up these gray uh, sweatpants. And as much as I, uh, I really do appreciate an elastic waistband this time of year, it's hard for a 12-year-old boy to be truly and completely satisfied with nothing but sweatpants. You could see the look was all over his face. He's like, how did Central Command not communicate better? Like, how did grandparents not know we were all getting sweatpants for Christmas? But anyhow, so there's that end of the spectrum where you do the gift exchange and you're, you're really trying to be polite and you're really trying to be grateful but you're kind of covering up your disappointment on the other end there's the gift that you you can't help but celebrate because you love it so much uh, in Randy's life it was the etch-a-sketch right Randy told me about his etch-a-sketch this week he got this just this morning he got an etch-a-sketch um, no you guys have all had those gifts where you'd say listen I couldn't hide it if I tried I'm so pleased so happy for me the the gift that stuck out as I was thinking about that was when Emily and I were first dating, somehow she was able to find the exact suit that I wanted. It was a charcoal suit with navy blue pinstripes from my favorite men's clothing store on planet earth. She found that, got it for me in my size. I opened up, I was like, you are amazing. Will you marry me right now? We were dating. Uh, It was awesome. Um, That's not how we got engaged or married, but that's the story. I wore that suit 
and I loved it I, for years and years and years. A couple years ago, I had the, the, the seat of the pants split out. That's another story for another time. But I wore it up until then. It was one of those, I love this gift, and it reminds me every time of how satisfied I am, how pleased I am with the gift and the giver. I absolutely love it. I hope that at some point in time, that in this Christmas or through your life, you've received one of those kinds of gifts. I really do. That at some point, you were blown away by the, the generosity and the thoughtfulness of somebody else, and you said, I love it. I wouldn't change a thing. I'm absolutely pleased. And the reason I hope that you have felt that way is because I want you to feel that way right now. I want you to experience that feeling and think about it. That is one of the major points of Christmas. And, and I don't mean the gift exchange. I mean God's purpose in sending Jesus into this world is to stir that up, to stir that deep satisfaction that I could not be more pleased, more satisfied. I couldn't love it more to stir that feeling up. And I wanna read one verse of scripture that has this reference in it. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says this. In this is love, and here he's getting ready to explode. Here's what love is. Not that we've loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. It's the word of God for us. This is a great passage of scripture. I'm gonna move pretty quickly through it. It starts with this, God loves you. You guys hear that? Almighty God loves you. Almighty God deeply, fully, completely, unimaginably, incomprehensibly, infinitely loves you. You are loved by God. Love doesn't start in our hearts. It starts in the heart of God. And if we love at all today or any other day, we love because God first loved us. That's what 1 John tells us. The love of God, he is so chock full of love that it spills out over into us as his creatures. God loves you today and you need to hear that. He loves you and he's demonstrated his love for you. You have, a, you have a tangible demonstration of God's love for you. And in this verse, it tells us how it is that God has demonstrated his love for us. Here's the expression of God's love for you at Christmas. It's this phrase, and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Listen to me, you've got an incredible gift to celebrate today. Incredible gift in Jesus, and it's this. God sent Jesus into this world to be the propitiation for your sins. Isn't that great? If you knew what propitiation meant, you'd think that was incredible. I practiced, because I knew there were going to be kids in the room, I practiced on my kids this morning. That's what Christmas is like at our house. I practiced my sermons on my kids. At this point in time, my son says, Dad, what's propitiation mean? I said, son, I'm glad you asked. Everyone in the room is going to have that question. So here's my Christmas gift to you. You're going to learn a word on Christmas, and the word you're going to learn is the word propitiation. Here's what propitiation means. It means to have an appeasing sacrifice. It carries the idea of satisfying or, or, or appeasing or gratifying, stirring up pleasure and happiness and joy, taking away sadness, wrath, anger. It's an appeasing sacrifice. In the ancient world, uh, 
lots of different cultures, you know this, served and worshiped lots of different little G-gods. They weren't really gods, they were a figment of someone's imagination. But those cultures believed that those gods were unpredictable. Here's what they meant. They never knew whether or not the god was actually happy with them or sad or angry. They never knew whether or not the god was going to bless them or curse them. And so in the ancient world, uh, cultures began to kind of collectively create these ways to give gifts to the gods. They would give these gifts to the gods and the gift was a hope that they would please the god, the god would be happy, the god would be satisfied and it would no longer be angry so it would no longer curse them, it would bless them. And that gift that was given to take away anger and to make the god happy and satisfied and filled with joy, that's, that gift is, is the word propitiation. And even though there is no such thing as another God. That's the word the Bible uses to describe what God has done for us in Jesus. And here's the story. Because of our sin, we are not able to totally please God or be totally pleasing to him. We are not able to totally satisfy God. All of our good works, all of the religious things that we would do, all of our sacrifices as people, they're tainted by sin. So they can't perfectly please God. They cannot make a holy and righteous God feel the way I hoped that you had felt at some point at Christmas, totally, completely happy and grateful and satisfied and not angry and not covering it up or hiding it or just being polite but saying, I absolutely love it. I wouldn't change a thing. I'm totally pleased. We can't do that with a holy God because of our sin. So in his great love, God offered his own gift on our behalf. He he gave the most pleasing, satisfying, perfect gift in all of existence. God gave himself. The Father gave the Son. Christmas is a reminder that God so loved the world that he gave his only Son whose name is Jesus. Now listen, this is where the story kind of turns, comes a little unexpected. We tend to think at Christmas, God gave, he gave Jesus, the Father gave the Son to us so we would be pleased and satisfied. And here's the deal. In one way of, of thinking, that's absolutely true. In many, many ways, God gave us Jesus so we would be satisfied, satisfied and have true pleasure. But there's another way that you need to know it at Christmas. God sent Jesus into this world so that he could present Christ as a gift to himself. Remember that propitiation is a gift or a sacrifice to God that pleases him and satisfies his wrath and brings him pleasure. And God the Father gave the Son so that Jesus would be offered as a sacrifice for our sin. And in that way, God gave Jesus to himself. And since Jesus is perfect in every way, he's perfectly pleasing to God in every way we can't be. That's why his sacrifice puts an end to all of our sin, an end forever. It's because God is completely, perfectly, totally forever satisfied. And the reason why I asked you if you had ever been absolutely pleased with a gift is because I want you to know and I want you to remember and I want you to celebrate that feeling today and know this that in an infinitely greater way you can't even comprehend. That's how God the Father feels about Jesus. Perfectly, completely, overwhelmingly, infinitely, unchangeably pleased and satisfied. He says, I absolutely love this and I have nothing to add to Jesus. And what that means for you is this. 
If you're trusting in Christ, the Bible says when you call on Jesus as Lord and you trust in him as Savior, you're united with Jesus. You are made one with Jesus. That's how he gets our sin, is he's united with us, and that's how we get his life. We're united with him, and what happens is when you place your faith in Jesus, you're united to Jesus, and when God receives Jesus, he receives everyone who's united with Jesus. Everyone who has been made one with Jesus is received in the receiving of Jesus by the Father. And what you need to hear is this. Here's the Christmas joy that the gift of Christ gives. The gift you and I receive through Jesus is that we're received by God as he receives Jesus. In Christ, God receives us as sons and daughters not on the basis of what we've done or haven't done. Not because we made a gift that was good enough to appease the God, but because we are one with the gift of Jesus who appeases God. And God the Father says to us in Jesus, I am perfectly pleased. I absolutely love you. There's nothing, nothing, nothing more to be added. I'm pleased. I'm satisfied. And here's the story. I pray that on this Christmas, every single one of us will fully depend on Jesus to be our propitiation with God the Father. Guys, stop trying to add another gift. You don't have to make God happy because he's already happy with Jesus. You don't have to keep trying to satisfy God as though he's a grumpy father who's not to be disturbed. He hasn't quite had his morning cup of coffee. That's not God. In Christ, he's completely satisfied. Here's what he calls you to do. Just receive the gift of life through Jesus Christ and enjoy the pleasure of God the Father in the work of Christ the Son and hear the Father say to you in Jesus, I absolutely love you, child. There's nothing more I would change. I couldn't be more pleased You are mine. The gift that God gave at Christmas was Jesus and he gave him to us, sure, but he gave him to himself to satisfy him and his demand of righteousness and holiness so that when you're united with Christ, you are pleasing in the sight of God the Father. Enjoy the pleasure of God today. Would you bow your heads? Let's offer a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, we want to bless your name that in Christ you have given a gift to appease every demand you've made in your law to satisfy every requirement that would have to be met for you to say that we are holy, we are just, we are accepted. And I want to praise you that Christ satisfies you Lord, thank you that in your gift of grace, you're you're transforming us into the image of Jesus by your work for your glory. And Lord, I pray that today that that we would lay aside 
a merit-based system of trying to give you gifts like you're an angry God who can't be pleased and to realize that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags before you and to see that Jesus is glorified when we lift him up and say our, our standing is, is Christ. Our righteousness is Christ. Our life is Christ. Lord, be exalted in us. Be exalted in us as we're satisfied in you. And Lord, I pray that you would be glorified by the way that we enjoy Jesus today, the way we celebrate Jesus today. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.